good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues and human issues are Native issues. You're absolutely right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by NACTI's Four Sisters Farmers Market, which happens every Thursday on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis from 11 to 3. You know, I'll be there tomorrow, too, in between on my little lunch break, getting that fry bread pizza. Hey, I was at uh, uh, the Brandy Carlisle concert last night, 10th row, and I missed a pick by like about well, three rows, but uh, it was close, uh, and it was just a great spiritual experience. What a great performer, and uh, just a, a shout-out to Brandy Carlisle. Hey, we got a jam-packed show, and we have the executive director of Merge Wisconsin, Arvina Martin. Right now, it's all Ho-Chunk here on Native Roots Radio, and we like it that way. ho Welcome. Ho-Wa. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So how are you? Uh, it seems like I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, we're, you know, yeah. kind of spaced out here at the Minnesota uh, get together and we and uh, Haley calls it the Minnesota great sweat together and we have our booth yep. Native Roots trading post out at the fair. So I've been visiting my uh, Weeha and Hinu and uh, telling them to get off their phone and start selling stuff. Ho! <laughs> I, that sounds like a pretty good, you know, pretty good way to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, what's happening in uh, Mad City? We, uh, my second favorite uh, city in the country, literally. Uh, things are going great. We actually had a lovely day today. It was sunny and um, didn't get higher than 72 degrees, which is exciting for us because our air conditioning doesn't work at our house right now. So um, it's nice to have, <laughs> to have some cool weather, you know, before we get our before before the um the the repair guys can come in and take care of everything for us so <laughs> yeah that's crazy well that is good and i know here in the twin cities by the weekend we're going to be in the hundreds and to me there's cool. no difference between a million degrees and a hundred degrees <laughs> yeah that's when they went yeah and i was planning before i knew what the weather was going to be like to go to Black River Falls for our Labor Day powwow, and now I'm like, maybe that's not a great idea for you, Arvina. <laughs> yeah. You don't do well in heat. <laughs> I know, no one does. Hey, I was at uh, watched the parade at the fairgrounds, and uh, the St. Paul Roller Derby was in the fair. Uh, the Roller Girls, <laughs> and that was really exciting. And I thought of you and uh, and all the great things that you do, and uh, and yeah. for the community. Uh, you know, it, for me, the fair, the state fair at Minnesota has always been, uh, it's back to school. As a former teacher, it's back to school. Uh, right after Labor Day, we get the students. But it's also like political time. And, you know, uh, we got school boards and things like that and lions and tigers and bears coming up. Uh, what, what's going on in, in the great state of Wisconsin? Oh yeah, so we have a rare, um, a rare fall with, or a rare stretch of time without any elections. We don't have uh, any fall elections this year, so our next set of elections will be um, spring of 2024. And yeah, that includes school boards, and mm -hmm. you know the right wing is really pushing, pushing uh, candidates. And, and pushing for people that think like them and, and are the kinds of folks that want to tell, you know, students that slaves learn valuable skills that help them in their lives and, you know, and, and other non-truths, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about 
the idea that we need more native people on school boards, um, just up and down uh, wherever you are in, in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, um, you know, we don't have enough native people that are on school boards that can help, um, you know, protect curriculum to, to be, you know, authentic and, um, educational and real, I guess. I mean, we're, we're to the point where, where, you know, they're, they're trying, they, the other side is trying to put in like actual lies, um, about yeah. things and, and change things. Cause they're afraid it's gonna make somebody feel bad instead of understanding that, you know, you can, you can love your country and still be critical of it. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, it's okay to be critical of events in the past because that's how you get better. Um, right. and you know, I think that, that, when it comes to, you know, both educating native students in a safe and respectful environment, as well as educating non-native students about native people, um, again, in a safe and a respect, respectful environment um, is, is really important. And um, I think that we need to have more native people on school boards because they are able to, we're able to kind of bring voice to those concerns and and those are things that are on our minds and they're not you know they won't get swept under the rug if we have people championing those things um and you know i think about how every year we hear about students that are banned from having either beadwork on their graduation cap or mm -hmm. or having an eagle feather on their graduation cap and how how ridiculous that is and right. how right. that could be helped by having someone of that student's background having a native person in a position of power and and um and that has a platform to speak and that people will listen to i think it i think it's like it's really really important um especially when kids you know have to tell somebody at their school that you know they their team played somebody with with a native mascot and all of their right. their schoolmates even if it's not their school you know right. that has the mascot they go to these games and have to have to see all kinds of horrible things um you know people saying scalp the indians or you well, know just i'm a hot chop tomahawk chops um just really offensive visual images um you know just things that are that are antithetical to a um a, an educational experience you know for anybody well you know what's weird or not weird what's really cool we need to stay vigilant here in minnesota but this year haley help me out there's a new law that uh native american history is uh it's a law in Minnesota where they have to teach Native American history. Yeah. So the legislator just kind of snuck this into like a wording of the bill, one of the bills <laughs> that was passed. Um, so, yeah, it's now a requirement that uh, K through 12 teachers have to teach indigenous history in the classrooms. That's I mean, that's a great first step. I, we we have something similar in Wisconsin. Um, it's referred to as Act 31. Um, but unfortunately, there's no like enforcement mechanism or there's no teeth to it. So, you know, if, if people don't teach about it, nothing happens. So in a lot of case, cases, there are there are so many schools in Wisconsin um, that don't do this because nothing's going to happen to them if they don't. Um, and I, I hope that Minnesota has some better enforcement mechanisms involved in there. In, in your law over there than than we have over here so what a great point what a great point and that's what i mean we have to stay uh vigilant and uh not relax because uh politicians change uh governors change and we still have to uh do what you do and how you work with uh women with the emerge wisconsin and maybe we can talk a little bit more about what's happening with uh Emerge Wisconsin and how people Absolutely. can get a hold of you and just that's uh, rock the vote. Let's get going here, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, we're here with Arvina uh, Ho Chunk. Ho! Uh, hey, uh, we'll be right back. This is Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm woke. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Stay with us.
When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Attention art enthusiasts, experience Laura Youngbird's Indie Wisigindam, My Heart Hurts, a solo exhibition by Laura Youngbird presented by All My Relations Arts this summer. All My Relations Arts aims to foster connections between contemporary American Indian artists, preceding generations, diverse audiences, and the vitality of the American Indian cultural corridor. Laura Youngbird is a talented artist from the Minnesota Chippewa Grand Portage Band that uses the dress as a metaphor to address social issues issues, injustices, and biases. Through mixed media combining drawing, painting, and prints, Laura explores the dress as a powerful symbol in her work, revealing layers of meaning. Her series examines mixed emotions and themes like common threads, loose ends, and vulnerability. And you can see Laura Youngbird's Inde Wisigindam, My Heart Hurts, all summer through September 9th at All My Relations Arts in Minneapolis. Plan your visit and let the moving art speak to your heart. More information at allmyrelationsarts.org. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we're here with Arvina Martin, uh, CEO or Executive Director of Emerge Wisconsin, and um, I'll have to get schooled after the show by Haley. What's the difference between CEO and Executive Director? So, hey, we're here and we're talking politics and we're talking school board a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I think the other side is really kind of concentrating on, too, because we hear these wacky school board meetings of people that don't have children in the school, don't live in the area, and it's sounding like they're all upset and they're just in there flaming the fire. Arvina, you're on uh, a mute. Every time I start talking, I'm just excited to say things and I'm always muted every time. Um, what I was trying to say or was starting to say is that the, you know, the, the right wing um, has actively recruited all of those people and, and the, the left and the progressives are starting to do the same um, and, and actively recruiting um, candidates for um, for local offices in particular. We kind of refer to that as building the bench um, so that, you know, the folks that are that that are starting in local offices, maybe they ultimately want to run for a state office or a federal office, too. And they're kind of getting um, experience you know, serving on a legislative body um, at a at a more local level. And we on the left need to make sure that we're doing that as well. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, a lot of people that make up the 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 left, you know, especially for um, BIPOC people of color um, for and for women that, you know, you might not we might not see ourselves as qualified um, mm. and, and the same way that somebody from the right is convinced that they're qualified. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's really, it's a really difficult um, hurdle to, to jump over. Um, and I just want to say to anybody who's considering running for any native person who is considering running for office, um, you are qualified. You are qualified. You are qualified. Um, you have experiences um, that that very likely other people that serve on whatever body you're looking to run for 
that they don't have. Um, and those experiences are, are going to widen um, the, the, the view of that particular body. And you're going to be able to make uh, you know, much better legislation that that helps more people um, with less effort, um, and and that's always something that is um, positive. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and going back to school boards, you know, you were a student, you've been to school, <laughs> um, you know how that works. Maybe you're a parent. That's that's another outstanding um, point of view and and frame of reference that you can bring to serving on a school board. Um, mm-hmm. But you know. If you've been to school, you know, you've, you've got, or if you've been educated, which I, you know, assume most are, um, you know, you get, you, you have that experience and experience as a student. Um, and, you know, you can see how things are different from when you were there, where we're in school, either positive or negative. Um, and, and can take a look at some of the issues that are facing our students these days. You know, Arvina, and you're an elect, uh, former elected official, and um, you know, it, I've taught, I've been to the Capitol here. Well, I've been to both capitals, Madison and uh, St. Paul here, and they're people. They listen to you, and I think that's a thing that we have that you know emerge, and you talking about emerge and uh, running for office really demystifies it if you go to the Capitol and talk to these people. Um, they're just people, they put their shoes on one at one time, one shoe at a time. I, exactly. I, you know, I, I think that for the longest time we've held elected officials, no matter what their level of, of service is to such a high standard, or, or we think of them as, as occupying this very high up space when really they're just regular people that, you know, um, want to watch the Packer game on Sunday. Sorry for my Minnesota fans <laughs> here, but I had to throw that in, um, you know, and, and want to make sure that, you know, kids are growing up in a, a safe and healthy environment. And, um, you know, when you start meeting those folks, it, it starts the, the, the whole barrier seems to break down and, and it is a lot easier to see, the people that are making the decisions for us, mm-hmm. um, that, that they are just regular people, just like, just like us, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that there right. isn't some kind of special candidate tree that they fell off of, or somebody picked out and was like, Oh, this one's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. First uh, school board, then city council, then uh, rep- or state representative, then state Senator, then president. Isn't that how yep. it used to go? <laughs> something like that you know something like that um and and yeah and and you know a lot of these local races or local positions are they're not full-time so you don't have to you don't have to give up your job you know you can you can keep going about about your regular life you just have you know a little less free time because you've got meetings to go to in some evenings and, and emails to answer from constituents. Well, that's a a talk about the, you know, and I always like to talk about a call called action. That's a get your website, get the information out there. You know, every time we see each other, I want to blast that out there and uh, tell people what's up. Yes, um, Emerge Wisconsin. You can check us out, wi.emergeamerica.org. And pay attention because on Monday, September 4th, a.k.a. Labor Day, we are going to be opening up our applications. So for any women or any non-binary folks that uh, feel comfortable in female-centered spaces, um, please go on Monday or after to um, apply to our program. Um, You can also reach me at Arvina, A-R-V-I-N-A, at Emerge. Uh, wi.org. Um, if you have any questions about running for office, just generally, or, you know, maybe you are listening from outside of Wisconsin, and I'd be happy to help you figure out and find resources in the state where you live um, to be able to, uh, you know, get you started on a journey to public service. So we are here to help you. That's exciting. 100%. And when you say help too, it's uh 
if somebody feels uncomfortable in the beginning, I mean, emerge and yourself personally will help people uh, get through things in the beginning because it's overwhelming. I mean, you know my job. It's taken me two years to figure out what's going on. And you know what? I still don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and that's the great thing about uh, participating in a program like Emerge is that we have um, hundreds of alums that are, are excited for you and want to help you out and maybe they've gone through something similar and they can they can help you kind of work your way through some of the things that are more difficult maybe you have you know you get nervous when public speaking and somebody can help you and listen to you while you practice Mm -hmm. um you know that's just a whole kind of uh camaraderie that that comes with this a program like emerge and you know that is is a huge help, uh, you know, in without all of the the other trainings and the the nuts and bolts that you learn, um, having someone who can relate to you and you can either either vent to or you know talk to during your your whole electoral process. I mean, that's a really important thing because running for office is weird, and <laughs> if you haven't done it. <laughs> like it's hard to it's hard to kind of understand how weird it is and how to be on all the time and have to you know have to be able to pull certain talking points out of your head at at the drop of a hat and talking having conversations all day but still feeling alone because you know you're just talking you're talking to constituents um and not people that know you well like it's it's a it's it's something that you really need to have someone who's been through it um, to kind of help you process your own feelings about it. I think it's it's so helpful. Hey, did you ever hear the story of me meeting uh, Obama here in Milwaukee this past year? Um, I did not. So I, I had a few things to tell him, you know, what's up? Hey, free Leonard Peltier, tell your buddy Biden, to, you know, and I had all these things and uh, we were in, uh, in front of the line to get our picture taken with him. And then he reached out his hand and he said, hi, how are you doing? And smiled at me. I wanted to hug him and kiss him. And then 13 <laughs> seconds later, I got a picture taken and I was gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Those those photo lines go really quick. And, and when I met President Biden last spring and I introduced him, told him, I'm Ho-Chunk and welcome to our ancestral homeland he he got his eyes got big and he kind of put his hands up in the air and he goes i love it when native people remind all of us that they're citizens and of other nations and he gave me the biggest hug and i just was like whoa <laughs> like <laughs> okay that's not how i don't know how i expected it to go but that certainly wasn't it <laughs> well i was gonna tell him what's up hey talk to biden and next thing you know 13 seconds later i wanted to hug and kiss him and i shook his hand got a picture and it was gone <laughs> absolutely it's it's i mean even the coolest of the cool <laughs> kind of lose it when you meet the president you know it's, it's or the former president of right yep yeah obama That's to us sure. was a rock rock star here it was like Amazing. Well, Arvina, it's uh, time to say see you later. I really appreciate you stopping in. Appreciate your energy and all you do for us uh, as a Ho-Chunk, but uh, as a representative Ho-Chunk person in Wisconsin and across Turtle Island, you're dynamite and Emerge Wisconsin is dynamite. Executive Director Arvina Martin. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, up next, we're going to have uh, Dr. Maureen Hackett on, founder of Howling for Wolves. We'll be right back, and Wendy's going to stop in, too, and, and uh, maybe shoot a few questions. We'll be right back after this short break. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. 
Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. You've heard me talk about the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program. Now hear from someone who's actually done it, me. Our kid's car, the 2006 Toyota Sienna, served us well for 17 years, but it was finally time to say goodbye. The We Buy program is really simple. I gave them some basic information. We set up an appointment, and after a quick verification, they gave me an estimate and a check, and they made me a generous offer. It was that fast. See for yourself. Try the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program at RudyLutherToyota.com. As we emerge from the shadows of the pandemic, let us celebrate our resilience and embrace the path to a brighter future. While the COVID-19 emergency declaration may be over, our commitment to safety remains stronger than ever. We invite you to stand tall and protect what matters most, our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. The power to keep our community safe lies within each one of us. It's important to remember the basics when you're with someone who might be at risk of COVID complications. Wear your mask, wash your hands often, and take an at-home COVID test if you have any symptoms. We are a strong and interconnected community, and together we'll emerge from this challenge stronger than ever. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep the spirit of our Native American culture thriving. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Outfront Minnesota is a driving force behind LGBTQ plus advocacy in our state, and they're gearing up to honor our state's monumental achievements in protecting our LGBTQ plus neighbors. While other states took steps backwards, Minnesota had the greatest advance in LGBTQ plus rights in 10 years. We showed that Minnesota is committed to affirming our values as a state that trusts individuals to make informed decisions about their bodies and lives, while also taking pride in delivering exceptional health care and supporting communities in need. We passed a conversion therapy ban and a trans refuge bill. And now Upfront Minnesota is ready to lead Minnesota towards even a brighter future. To celebrate, Outfront Minnesota is hosting their annual gala, where we bring in together more than 700 guests at Allianz Field on Thursday, September 14th. The event celebrates a year of legislative wins while honoring diverse communities propelling Minnesota forward into next year. Again, that's Thursday, September 14th at Allianz Field with a dinner at 6 and party at 8. So come celebrate Minnesota's progress on LGBTQ plus rights and order your tickets at Outfront.org. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Hazy tonight with a low of 60, then Wednesday sunshine with a high of 78. Warner Stallion delivers appliance savings on a stick you won't find anywhere else. Earn a bonus for each additional appliance you buy for up to $1,000 back. Plus, pay no interest for two years. Shop smart with the specialists at Warner Stellion. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. Hey, that was awesome. Wendy's here too off camera, and uh, we are here with Dr. Maureen Hackett, uh, founder of Howling for Wolves. And always great to see you, uh, you know, and great uh, for all the work you do. Booze who Wakanja Hade. <laughs> yeah. Did I get your name right? Yeah, you spoke a little Ojibwe too and threw it some ho chunk in there. That's awesome. There yeah, go. welcome. Really good to see you. Uh, what's happening? Uh, we got some updates coming up here. And uh, you know, Wendy's. I thought I'd have a slow through. summer. Oh. I thought we would have a slow summer. Oh, I'm doing the Trump thing. Um, anyway, but instead, it's been quite uh, busy. Um, let's see. What would I like to say? First of all, um, a big publication came out in early June that showed us what we thought was really happening. And that is that with wolf hunts comes more illegal wolf killing. Mm. And so this was a study that analyzed the Minnesota DNR's own data, 16 years of collared wolf data that basically found human caused wolf mortality more than tripled 
with the hunts and continued for five years after the hunts ended till the end of the data. This is in Minnesota. This is Minnesota's own data. The author is a geneticist, actually, and a computational biologist. Let's see if we can. And it was published in Nature Scientific Reports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have a we have a link to this. Everybody has access uh, at Howling for Wolves. If you look at our press uh, latest news, it's on the front page. The July 10th release will tell you all about this. So I used this in a meeting with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources on August 17th when they had a finalization of the wolf plan. And I requested that they reevaluate the wolf plan in light of this data and really the study in 2023 of the wolves killed outside of national parks and how it disrupts their packs. So I've been busy trying to figure out a way to get wolf hunting both out of the wolf plan in Minnesota mm -hmm. and also continue the push to have wolf hunting prohibited in the state of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So I will let you jump in because we have more even from there. So go ahead. Well, Wendy, go ahead. Yeah. Well, first, Maureen, hi. Thank you so hi. much, Dr. Haggett, for being here. We always appreciate your expertise about our Minnesota wolves, which we are always working on saving at, um, every day. Um, uh, a friend of mine uh, inboxed me privately on Facebook. I don't know if you know anything about this at all, but her daughter's best friend lives uh, in Duluth. And she's asking if anyone knows about a tribe up there um, that is putting down leg traps for wolves uh, where they hunt. And she just said, it seems really odd to me that this would be happening. Um, you know, I've asked around a little bit, but nobody has any information about it. Um, so I wanted to ask that. And I also wanted to let everyone know that at the Minnesota State Fair, you can go to the Senate booth and the House of Representative booth inside the education building, and they have a survey. And you could actually say and fill out on that survey that you want to end wolf hunting in Minnesota. So I wanted to throw that out there as well. Yes, and um, actually that's in the education building, <clears throat> both the, uh, the Senate and the House uh, for the legislature have little booths, have booths there and they have a survey they give every year. And I'm really impressed that they have that question. And I will say that Howling for Wolves had nothing to do with that. Um, uh, not that I'm proud of that necessarily, but, and we, we would just encourage people to do that. Now, somebody told me there was an online version and I haven't had a chance to look for it. I'm wondering if anybody else has had a chance. Um, cause that would be great if we could push that online, uh, survey. Um, it would really, really be helpful for people to continue to push their legislators to tell them that they want wolf hunting prohibited. It's going to, um, my worry is after this publication and in combination with some other news that I got at this meeting, August 17th, which included livestock producers are complaining more and conflicts are being confirmed more and wolves are being killed more practically than ever. They have reached the number of wolves they killed as all of last year already and they have two more months. This in combination with a comment made by the Voyager's Wolf Project director, uh, director Tom Gables, the researcher, he stated on um, WCCO radio that the PAC territories are no longer delineated precisely the way they usually are. Hmm. So I am concerned that we have broken up a lot of PACs and there's a lot of chaos and it's creating a lot of problems with livestock uh, conflicts and broken packs that are just getting into trouble. And I'm worried we're in a cycle. Now to answer your question, I have no idea, Wendy, about those traps. The USDA Wildlife Services usually do the trapping and it's generally for killing. If these are research traps, I suppose they have pads on the traps to try to protect the paws, but the USDA person may know that other people are trapping. He may know about that. I don't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I will check that out. Yeah. And I can give you his contact information 
he, um, I could just call him. You just tell me where these traps are. I could just call him and find out because he does answer my calls. I was impressed with how much of an impression Howling for Wolves had made on the Wolf Plan panels. And I was able to sit in on the technical group and plead that they evaluate this paper on the uh, human caused mortality. And frankly, the paper that the DNR cooperated in publishing that this paper was in response to they saw a huge increase in human caused mortality too. They just didn't believe their data because of the way they were using some Bayesian modeling, which is too complicated for me even, but it, it's trying to connect dots in a smooth line and their dots don't connect in a smooth line because it was like a kind of a steady wolf mortality before the hunts at about 20%. And then November 2012, it jumps up. So it's not a straight line. It's a discontinuity, which was the difference in the two papers. Hmm. The second paper did a discontinuity analysis and showed exactly with the initiation of the hunts, the bump up in the mortality and it stayed up. The trend stayed up. So we're very concerned um, and we have to push. We have to push to get wolf hunting out because it turns on wolf killing and it cannot be controlled. Yeah. Wow. Really good points. Wendy, you have anything else? Yeah. I just want to thank you, Maureen. And uh, if anybody's out there at the Minnesota State Fair, stop into those booths and, and fill out that survey. Um, also, I guess we can just try Googling to see if there is the one online. That would be really helpful for people who, who can't make it out there in person. And um, also, yeah, take, wanna... a, mm -hmm. take a photo of yourself, send it to Howling for Wolves on Facebook or info at Howling for Wolves or, you know, just try to help us pump up the, the action, um, mm -hmm. you know, on Instagram, share it with us. We, we have Howling number four wolves on Instagram. Um, send it to Native Roots Radio. They'll send it to me. So, right. you know, we want to just kind of increase the traffic there. It sounds great. We always appreciate all of your advocacy for our Minnesota Wolves, Maureen. Yeah, definitely. You, definitely. You guys are great. Keep it up. Miigwech. Well, yeah. And, and we, uh, and uh, Peeny Gigi, uh, because uh, like Ho-Chunk are called the people of the sacred voice, Peeny Gigi is thank you in Ho-Chunk. <laughs> uh, I like that word, Pinagigi. It's too. really sweet. So I, I enjoy this. Anyway, I'm going to come out and see you at the fair too. Right on. You'll see our our uh, our daughters because Wendy and I um, are semi-retired, and Wendy's really retired. We just uh, we just uh, go by every once in a while and tell them to get off their phones, and then we go uh, do our fair thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The fair is grueling if you're running a booth. Yeah, it yeah, is. it is. It's hard. We did it last year. We were there every single day for 12 days. It is hard. It's it's fun, though, also. can be energizing, but I found Wendy is a, uh, I'm an extrovert, and Wendy is an introvert, yeah. and I really experienced it. I would get, uh, uh, you know, excited, or I'd get uh, energy from it, and you would get energy sucked from you, and I, <laughs> I saw it from, it was crazy, and I, went, I finally believed you after all these years. <laughs> yes. Yes. Howling for Wolves was there for seven years and uh, we probably will get back there. But um, I, yeah, I get energy from obviously. <laughs> right on. Well, let's uh, let's make this plan to action. Go to the fair, the education building and fill out that survey. And then also your uh, call to action, Dr. Marine. Well, I just think we all have to keep on the governor. You know, it's mm -hmm. going to come down to the governor and lieutenant governor. If you guys have a chance, ask her. Because, you know, when they're not in, in um, office, if we don't get the, the bill passed, right. the DNR will do their, their new plan, which is really an old plan with new dressing. Yeah, it has a few things. It has some good stuff about consultation with tribes. It does. And it has mm -hmm. things about keeping the ecological function of wolves. But, but it still has weird, crazy reasons for a wolf hunt that are, that are not true. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Hackett, for stopping in, uh, founder of Howling for Wolves. And uh, we appreciate your support, but also all you do for our uh, relatives with uh, tails and hooves and little big noses. Oh, oh God, guys, did you see that we bought guard dog pups? We, we, we got Mary Falk uh, of Love Tree Farms. She sells 
high, really delicious organic cheeses at the St. Paul Fair. And she's an organic farmer who has sheep. And we purchased Howling for Wolves, got her some guard, guard dog puppies, livestock guard dog puppies to help replace some of the adults she lost. And they're really cute. And you can see the pup dates on our Facebook page. All right. And hey. Instagram. All right. Hey, thanks, Dr. Hackett, for stopping in. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. And up next, Bob Blake from Red Lake uh, with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. ho Affordable, healthy, and culturally appropriate food is accessible right in the heart of the American Indian Cultural Corridor at Four Sisters Farmer's Market. They embrace inclusivity and accessibility at Four Sisters, accepting SNAP and EBT benefits, market bucks, guest produce market bucks, cash, and cards. So enjoy the abundance of fresh food regardless of your payment method at Four Sisters Farmer's Market. Open Thursdays until October from 11 to 3 at 1414 East Franklin Avenue. More at NACD.org and tell them Native Roots Radio sent you. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. You work hard for every cent you make. You have bills and you have goals. Choose a bank that's going to support you along the way. That's Fair Financial Banking. No overdraft fees, no minimum balance. No credit score required. Call 651-262-2173 to talk to a Fair Financial enroller to open your account today. Keep more of your money. That's Fair. Fairfinancial.org. Fair is a program of Prepare Plus Prosper, a nonprofit organization and is not a bank. Banking services are provided by Sunrise Banks and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul, bringing you only the best coffee roasted to perfection. Wow, good read. Hey, yes, uh, we're here with Bob Blake from Red Lake, and we're here listening and going in, in, in anticipation with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. Welcome, Bob. Oh, wow. Oh, I, <laughs> the I got the pause button there. All right. Hey, welcome. Oh, uh, yeah. You uh, I listened to the Howling for Wolves lady. That's awesome. Yeah, she's uh been a sponsor for a long time and uh we support her work and uh we, you know the wolves are so important to us native americans i mean our lieutenant governor is in the wolf clan so you know that just yes. right there says it all my my ingen my ingen um is how we say it in the in, in, in the wolf and ojibwe and and then of course robert you're my brother your friend um his native american name was chi my ingen which means big wolf really yeah, so wow. that was his, that was his name. Yeah, and of course wow. us, you know that that's your that was his Native American name. And, but yeah, um, so Robert, um, you know, lots happening. Okay, yes. and um, you know, let's start with what's happening down in Florida with the yes. hurricane, and um, there has been 19 states that have activated 25,000 line workers, um, linemen. You know that they they go up and they fix the power lines, mm-hmm. and um, they've been activated to uh, you know go and and stand by you know and and they're currently putting back power to you know the state of Florida and and that whole kind of Gulf region there. 
Yeah, crazy. Uh, some deaths and uh, people missing again. Um, it's it's tragic, and it's like two years in a row, Robert, that they had a big hurricane in Florida. And and and, and I think you know, and you know, there, you know, I, I think that what we need to start thinking about, right? Um, you know, as we move forward, you know, is like how you know, um, you know, how do we start bear, you know, burying you know, burying the, 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 the power lines in mm. the ground, you know, because, you know, there, there, there's going to be so many of these inclement weather events now um, that, you know, that it, it's just, it's just going to happen with more severity, with more intensity. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know how we, how, how, you know, how we start kind of, you know, uh, you know, mitigating, um, you know, the risk, right, for, for right. our communities ac- across the country. Um, another story here, Robert, is that uh, experts say the increasing severity of weather events, including seven tornadoes that touched down in Michigan last week, hmm. shows that the effects of climate change are becoming more noticeable. So, you know, we know this because we've been talking about this for the last couple of years on the show, but the severity of these storms now, um, before they couldn't, before these scientists couldn't actually connect them uh, and say that the severity of these storms are connected straight to climate change. Now they're saying now they are connected to the, they can say for a scientific fact that they are connected. So, yeah, I've been hearing that more and more in the media too, finally, and uh, by politicians and directly saying that in weathermen or weather people. Well, yeah. And, and, and the other one too, Robert, and you know, we, we, we just, we know that this has happened though, but the record-breaking wildfires that are ha- that are happening up in Canada due to yeah. climate change are wow. contributing to poor air quality, um, you know, and and of course, you know, the, the, what what just happened out in Hawaii too. So, you know, we're we're, we're seeing more and more of these. The bottom line is, is that we're seeing more and more of these, you know, events that are str- that are directly caused by climate change, you know, and 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 so we really do need to start taking this very, very seriously, Robert. But I've got some good news here to everyone yes. that is listening. And we are well positioned to see climate pollutions, greenhouse gas emissions, drop by 40% below 2005 levels by 2030 if we implement all of this, all of this, all of these plans that are currently being put out by the Department of Energy, all of this solar that we could install, we need to be able to have, uh, you know, other governments, other state governments take up a plan of of getting to net zero. Robert, more importantly, we need investments like pension funds, state funds. Mm-hmm. Um, we need these places to start investing into companies that are going to have good ESG goals environmental social governance goals because mm-hmm. not only can we get to this get to this level before 2005 if we do this you know you know it really is going to take all of us voting with our money you know honestly when it comes right down to it absolutely and you know we we talk a, a lot of politics but uh you know Biden's releasing money uh, for infrastructure and for solar and for natives to do it. And I know you're working with some tribes, and hopefully you'll be working with one out in Wisconsin very soon. Here, um, it's it's uh, it's there for the picking, and you just have to have, um, you know, you have to have the vision. Yeah, and 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 we do, um, you know, and like Robert said, you know, uh, Native Sun is going for a a, ma- a major grant with all the tribes, um, you know, to do a, a solar for all, um, you know, and and um, and you know, it, it's so important that we start preparing our communities right now for all of this climate change, so we can keep on the power for you know our elders, you know, that need the breathing machines, they 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 need to keep their diabetes medication cold you know, and so forth. So it's really, it, it, it is really important. Hey, Robert, I just got a few more statistics that I want to tell you real quick. Yeah. In 2022, yeah. wind power accounted for 22% of new electric, electricity capacity. Um, and and it was only second to solar. And, and, and get this, right? 125,000 Americans now 
you know, are working in that wind industry. So that, I, I think that's just incredible. And in, in, in the, the statistics only get bigger with solar because obviously you need more people to deploy solar. But, you know, think about all these jobs that are being created. So, you know, this this guy, Vivek Ramasiri, or this, you know, this Republican candidate who's out there, you know, talking bad about renewable energy and, you know, they're not creating jobs. It's a it's a dead end. This guy is a car salesman. I just want everybody to know this. He is a straight car salesman, and he does not know what he's talking about because the statistics speak for themselves, Robert. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of that, too. I, I've heard from politicians in the past, and I still hear them quote some crazy stuff but not have any, you know, where they got that was like, I don't know, the bathroom wall or something because nobody – they're they're not telling us where they're getting their information, and they say these outlandish things like that. And and, and I'm, I want to let everybody right know right now that I'm getting that these statistics that I'm reading to you, this statistic right here that I'm going to read you right now off the Department of Energy will, uh, statistic website, and wind energy is one of the cheapest energy sources nationwide and generates enough electricity to power more than 43 million homes. It's got the sources to cite it too. So, you know, Solar Bear is not just telling you something that he's picking up from out of the left field here like you know some of these republican <laughs> i'm just watching some of these guys talk and robert they're literally it's it's garbage they're throwing out there so i want everybody to understand that please make sure that the information that you're getting is correct um i'm listening to these guys because sorry robert i'm a i'm a policy geek i'm a i like to watch the, <laughs> i like to watch the races yeah. even if they're republicans yeah but these guys i've just got the wrong information and they're spitting it out and i feel so terrible for people that are listening to them well you know it was interesting when we were in school and uh when wendy and i were in school wasn't the like the social studies teacher always the coach so now we're really being affected by that i'm just kidding but i throw it out there well, well, social studies. Yeah, yeah and and you want to know something too you know um like it, it really comes back to all of, you know, back in 1982 when, you know, the Reaganomics was like, you know, government is the the enemy. Right. And, right. And, and, and you looked at that government was the enemy. So let's cut all the resources to the schools. And yeah. now we're starting to pay for it, Robert. Big time. Hey, Bob, thanks for stopping in. It's been a great show. What a way to end it. Thank you so much. Solar Bear with the Solar News, Robert Blake from Red Lake. And I want to thank Arvina Martin of Emerge Wisconsin and uh, and Dr. Maureen Hackett of Howling for Wolves. Oh, we'll see you tomorrow. Free Leonard Peltier.